back to another episode of Conversations with Jacob. And we got a good episode for you. I know I say that all the time, but I think every episode's a good episode. Uh, today we get, we get, uh, we, we have Jesse Carroll, uh, with us this week. Uh, oh, he does voiceovers and all of that. I was, I was, he'll get to him in a minute. But before we get to him, I want to, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about the podcast. Uh, you can find our podcast on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash conversations with Jacob on YT. Twitter is CWJ podcast. Our podcasts and platforms include iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, Pandora, and we're on about 20 different podcasts and platforms. And we've heard this podcast is in many countries. Oh, it's one is France. Um, if you got a question, mail, uh, you can send it to our mailbag. Conversations with Jacob at gmail.com and our website is Conversations with Jacob Podcast.weebly.com. You can find upcoming episodes, past guests, and a little section on there called Post from the Host. Which I came up with that with my, you know, which I came up, which I came up with it with my own idea. But joining me this week is Jesse uh, Carroll with over 500 voice credits. I'm being nominated for three uh, voice with three one voice awards uh he's also the fastest rising star in the in the voice over uh business with, with high profile clients including the hilton um uh with amazon gopro nintendo walmart cheerios honda toyota and so much more and he's also the voice over for a um the back road tr- uh, truckers so jesse so welcome to the podcast Thanks. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Absolutely. So uh, I got to ask, and how did you become a voiceover uh, person, I guess? Yeah, actually, you know what? Okay, so it's something that I always wanted to get into, but I didn't really have the know-how because I always thought it was something that you had to have access to, like, a really expensive studio. You had to have an agent and all that. And I was going through a period in my life where I just lost a job and my girlfriend, same week. And I had to find a way to make money really quick. My acting career wasn't really panning out the way I'd hoped. So I started looking for side hustles online, and I came across that you could do voiceover from home. And I got into it that way. Um, I went, and I didn't really have any money at the time. This is like six years ago. It's crazy. I think fast things change. Um, I didn't have any money, so I went and rented all my gear, and I found a place, and I had like this little office in, in my apartment, and I kitted it out with... Um, like cushions and blankets and stuff to absorb all the sounds because when you're recording voiceovers, I'm sure you know from podcasts, yeah, yeah, Yeah. you hear a lot of reflections and echoes and stuff, so you got to cover that up. So I rented gear and I I jimmy-rigged a a home studio and I got on this website called Fiverr. I'm not sure if you're aware of it or not, but it's like a gig site. And I started doing voiceovers for like, to learn how to do it, like $5 for like a thousand words, which is like nothing. I would never do that now. But it gave me the skills to actually learn how to do it, how to, how to work with clients, how to record and edit, all that kind of stuff. Um, the first month I was doing it, maybe cleared like $50. It was nothing. But I was learning, which is fine. Second month, I cleared like $400. And then I invested in another website called Voices.com where you get like actual real auditions and work. And that's when things really started taking off. And it blew up from there. I started clearing like $4,000 in like the first three months and then just up and up from there. And it was it was great because it's it allowed me to work from home 
and I was really passionate about it. It didn't feel like work. Like I was, sometimes I would do like 12, 16 hour days and I just loved it the entire time. It was a lot of fun. So that's so, what I got. Oh yeah. So did you still do it from home? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing because of the pandemic, mostly from home now, but right before the pandemic, anytime you booked like a larger job, you'd usually get booked into a studio. But now everyone has like broadcast quality audio from home now. It's, it's kind of the standard. So the only time I really go to studios now when it's a client that really insists, it's usually for a big commercial or if I'm doing back road chuckers, cause then we have to do dubbing to picture and all that kind of stuff. So I need to be in a big control room with the audio engineer and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Now, now, um, so here, right, right on the paper, it says that you made a thirty thousand dollars in fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes. Hey, so can you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. So that was actually a commercial I did for Orange Theory. Now, when you do uh, commercials, sometimes they'll play it everywhere, and you get paid on how often they play it and where they play it. So when I booked this job, it was kind of funny to me because I didn't realize how much I was going to get paid. I actually got mad at my agent because when I received my first check, it was for $500. And, you know, that's it was a little bit lower than I thought it would be considering that I knew it was going to be like a national commercial. And they're like, oh, no, don't wait. Don't worry. There's going to be more coming. And then, like, I got, like, three more checks for, like, nearly $10,000 each. And like, it ended up being, like, thirty grand or maybe a little bit over now since then I was like, Oh my God. And, uh, the job literally took me 15 minutes to record it in the booth, which makes it sound bad for getting mad and like making $500 in 15 minutes. But like this, this is kind of the standard in voiceover. Like you expect to get paid a certain amount for larger commercials, which this was, but I never dreamed it was going to be the amount that it was in such a short period of time. too. it's wild. And how many, uh, I guess auditions do you get in a day? So, you know, I get usually more than I can do. I try to hit about 50 to 60. Sometimes if I'm working a lot, I, I, I can't. There's just no way because I'm recording all day. But I try to get up around 50 and 60 because the way that voice actors get most of their work is from what we call pay-to-play sites, online casting. Um, some, some people um, have online casting. They have agents. They do direct marketing. But the online casting is always there. They're always sending you auditions, and you can choose to do them or not, which is different from your agent because when you do auditions with your agent, you have to do them. But online casting, you can sift through them and do the ones you want to do that are the, the budget, budget suit you and all that. So uh, on any given day, I'm on a few sites. You know, I, I can get upwards of 100 auditions sent to me. You can't do them all, obviously. So oh, yeah, I try to stick to around 50, 60 or so. So when you do these auditions, and how, and how many times – you know, like, and how many takes does it usually take you to do it? You know, it's it's a good question. So, like, <laughs> here's the thing with voiceover. So people think that you're going to read the whole script all the way through and you just want to get it right, get it perfect. It's not how it's done, unless you're doing a live audition. But most of the time, you're going to be doing auditions on your own, self-directed auditions. So when you're doing an audition, I'll read it once through, just for information, kind of get a feel for it, the tone and the cadence of the way I want to speak. And then when I start actually recording it, then I'll sometimes say a line over and over and over again until I get it right, just the right way I want it, where it doesn't sound like I'm selling. I sound like I'm being a real person. It's coming off the top of my head. And if you were to watch me actually audition, you'd be like, how is that going to sound like a commercial? But when you edit it all together, it's, it's great. You know? But it took me a long time to get to that because when I first started, 
yeah, I, I thought I would just have to get a clean take all the way through. And, uh, that's, that's the difficult way to do it. <laughs> Cause usually it's going to be, you know, a few takes of each line and you pick the best take until you Frankenstein it together. That's what we call it. So, and how did you become the, the voiceover for the back road truckers? Okay. So I got that one from my agent. So I was, that's, I'm, I'm Canadian. I got that back in Canada. So I'm in New York now, but, um, that actually helped me get to New York. But when I was auditioning for back road truckers, um, I got it sent to me and they had a reference file with the music for the show. And it was like really rock and roll, really gritty. And it was from the interior of British Columbia where they were going to shoot it. And I lived there for a while. I understood the culture and everything. And I was like, this is mine. This is so my show. Like I just felt it. And um, I got in the booth and they wanted me to record just a small snippet, but they gave the whole script for context. So I recorded the entire first episode for my audition. I did the whole thing. Yeah, and I sent that in. My agent's like, you serious? I'm like, just send it in. And then, yeah, they got me a callback where they uh, had me go into the studio and they wanted to see if I could do it live to picture while being directed, which is difficult to do. But because I'm doing 50 to 60 auditions a day, you know, it's it's already in my bones. It's like going into a batting cage, doing all these auditions, and swinging the bat over and over and over again. So when you do get that call up to the major leagues, you're ready to go. So when I got my call to go to the studio, and the first time I ever had to dub anything to picture, I nailed it every single time. So I was just ready to go. So, and how often do you do, like, uh, like the voiceover for the show? Um, well, we just did our second season. So if there's going to be a third season, um, I don't know when it's going to be. But it's eight episodes. So when we do it, it's we'll do one or two episodes in a session. So... You know, it can be anywhere from, like, as short as five sessions for an entire season or, you know, as long as eight sessions for an entire season. Season. Now, can anybody get into voiceover? Anybody. Anybody. Now, here's the thing. And people ask me all the time, too. They think that, you know, you need to have, like, a special voice or you need to be really articulate. You have to have that Hollywood golden voice. That's what they don't want anymore. People want you to sound like a real person. In fact, all the time, because, I mean, I'm a trained actor, I have to undo all my learning all the time and just talk normal because that's what they're looking for. Um, if you think that you have a bad voice and you want to get into voiceover, you're probably at an advantage because it's more interesting. You don't sound like an actor. Everybody wants you to sound like a real person these days. And that's why whenever I hear people say that, oh, AI is going to take over, I can't say doing that because they only want people that are flawed, don't have perfect voices, and sound like a real human being. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, and what do you need to get started in the voiceover? Uh, you know, let me try to do uh, yeah. again. And what do you need to get started in voiceover, like on a budget? Okay. So, what you're going to need basically is you want to get a microphone, right? So, most people would think USB microphone because they're cheap. They're not competitive. So, instead of going with a USB microphone, what I would what I would say is go to your local music shop and see what kind of microphones they have, and you want to get one that's an XLR microphone, which is, it doesn't have a USB on the back. It's got, like, three little plugs, and it plugs into a long cable cord. You want to rent one of those. You can pick up a really good high-end mic for, like, $50 to $100 a month to rent one of those, whereas it would cost you over $1,000 to buy one of those. You can just rent them, and that's what I did to start. So you're going to need a microphone, an interface, which connects the microphone to your computer. You're going to need your mic stand, obviously. You need a computer. And then you need something to read your scripts off. It can be your iPhone or an iPad. 
Um, and you can literally, uh, except for the computer, um, you can rent all that stuff in a music store. So the cost to get started is pretty minimal if you're. Oh, you're yeah. yeah. Now, um, let's see here. Ticket, a you know, well, I guess like a company that's reached out to you, and you thought it was good, but the pay wasn't good. And what's the question, sir? Well, how this question comes from, like, you know, let's say, you know, that if you get a good, um, a good offer from a company, but the pay's not good. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. You know, it depends. It depends on a few factors. Number one, is that client going to do more videos with me in the future? Is it going to be worth it in the long term? Right. Uh, number two, how is the video being used? Like if it's something where they're going to do a national commercial and they're like, oh, we only have a hundred bucks for you, no chance. Um, and number three, is it something that's such a good video and the script is so good that it would be amazing for my demo? And I've done deals like that before where they, it was a company that they didn't have a big budget. The client was smaller, but the video and the copy was so good. And I just wanted to be a part of that. I did, I've done that for PSAs a lot. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll make those deals where it's not quite what I'd normally command for price, but the project's so good I just can't pass it up. Absolutely. Now, um, now, now the paper that I got, it says that you quit, that you quit being, uh, that you quit being a stand-up comedian. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Yeah. So, it's funny how that happens, too. Like, uh, how I got into comedy, I'll tell you that. Like, uh, right, I, was, I was working in a comedy bar, um, like above a comedy bar, like, and comedians would come to my bar all the time, and I'd joke around with them, and they'd always say, hey, you got to try comedy. You're kind of funny. Um, and I went, and I signed up to do comedy on my birthday. It was, like, my 28th birthday or 27th birthday, and I killed. I had, like, jokes written over there. I practiced them all. I killed, and I got the comedy bug, and I did it for the next 10 years. And then I had a chance for like the last three years of it where it was like a full-time job uh, for me. Well, a part-time job. I still had a regular job because I couldn't afford to make money. Um, couldn't afford to live off comedy alone. Um, I was working in nightclubs, but I started to travel a lot across Canada and across Australia, uh, which was one of the last tours I did. I toured across Australia two years in a row. And the last one just, it broke me. And I did three months of touring where I did an hour show uh, six nights a week. And by the end of it, when it was actually my job, I was my job was stand-up comedy. I was like, I couldn't see a future where I could sustain that and just keep that up. And that's what you have to do every night. So I realized at that point, I was like, you know what? I, I really wanted to get back into acting. I wanted to give it a shot. I left Australia, moved back to Vancouver, and put comedy down for what was going to be just, take, just to take a year off. And then one year turned into two years, turned into three years. And, you know, it's something I always look back with a fond memory, but I know when you do something for real and you do it as your full-time job and you're, like, not that into it, you're not excited to go to work, that's not for you. And, you know, that's as good as finding out something that you're passionate about. Finding you're not actually passionate passionate about something saves you a lot of time and energy, you know? Oh, yeah. Now, did you have, like, a favorite joke you would tell? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want to hear it? Yeah, kind of dated, but I would always I would tell this in America when I do shows, and I tell this in Australia all the time. Like people always think that uh, everybody in Canada speaks French, which is of course not the case. But did you know that when Lil Wayne, the gangster rapper, performs in Canada, we introduce him to the stage as Le Petit Wain? <laughs> Sorry, uh... such a dumb joke, but it was just like even just the sound of it, people just laugh every time. It's a good way to start. 
that and uh, and I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm just here touring the world to apologize for Justin Bieber, which is also. <laughs> Uh, um, I was also here. It says that you have like a, I think it's an online course building. That's right. So what I've done is I've taken everything that I do in voiceover and all the things I did to get started, and I turned it into a six-week course, which you can find at jessicarrollcoaching.com. And it's a six-week course course that takes you from knowing absolutely nothing about voiceover all the way to be a, being a working professional. Um, it's a new course. My first student actually just booked his first job before it ended, which is great. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, now, uh, and have you done some acting? Yeah. Yeah. I've done a lot of acting. Um, so back in Vancouver, that's where I have all my acting experience. I've done seven Hallmark films. <laughs> seven. <laughs> they have me the kind of a staple on, on, uh, a couple of the shows. Uh, and it was great doing it. Um, it was a lot of fun, but I wanted more out of my acting career. So with all the credits that I had in voiceover, I was able to get a visa for a work visa for the U.S. And I uh, moved to New York City uh, two, just about two years ago now. Yeah. And I'm now I'm waiting for a green card because I found out when I got here that the visa that I'm on, studios don't really like it. So you can't get auditions. So <laughs> this green card to go through. Uh, so I can work uh, as a voiceover actor in America, but as an actor on television, I'm still waiting to get a green card to make right. it happen. Now, uh, t- let's see here. Um, let's see. Let's see. We're getting you. Okay, see more. Okay, here's one. And how can you make uh, six figures in voiceover? Yeah, well, by doing exactly what I said. You, if you do fifty to sixty auditions a day, and you work on your audition skills, where you're actually booking work, you know. You're, you you want to work at it with a mindset of getting better each time that you do an audition. And 50, 60 auditions will get you there because it's just a numbers game, really. What you want to do is you want to work out how, how many auditions it takes you on average to book one job, which over the course of a few months, you can really see uh, what your average booking rate is for a job. So how many auditions it takes you to book a job. Then you want to find out what your average booking rate is, like, you know, the average uh, budget for the job that you're booking. And then you want to reverse engineer that and find out how many auditions it's going to take you to book as many jobs at that rate to make ten around ten thousand dollars a month, right? Oh so yeah. A good booking rate is between one in thirty and one in forty. Those are like the top people. If you can do that, you then just up your auditions to fifty to sixty, fifty to sixty a day, and you'll smash six figures. Um, but you can still do it if you're if you're doing one in fifty, which is not a good booking rate. You still need some good coaching. If, some one-on-one coaching if you're booking one in 50, but you can still get to six figures that way. You just got to work harder. Now, with you being in like the voice over business, is there one company that you always wanted to work with? One company? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nintendo, and I worked with them. Um, <laughs> no, you know what? The, right now, because uh, all of my experience in voice, most of my experience is in commercials and TV narration. I'm right now working hard to try and bust into the animation and video game, more so video game industry, uh, because video games are huge. They're taking off. It's, it's bigger than Hollywood now. It's a multi-billion dollar interest industry. And I really, like, enjoy the Grand Theft Auto games. I'd love to, like, you know, voice one of those, be like a gangster in that or something or anything, really. You know, something that requires some good acting chops. And, you know, or uh, I know that CD Projekt Red is always working on cool games like... Um, uh, what's that new one that got cyberpunk, you know, 
stuff like that. Uh, so speaking of video, ga- oh, 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 speaking of video games, and I guess you like playing video games. Yeah, I do actually. I tell you this. Uh, I so when I was a teenager, I played video games all the time. I was like obsessed with video games, and I put them down because I was like I needed to have a life, and I didn't play them at all until the pandemic hit. And then you know, like so many people out there, I went out and bought an Xbox. And then um, Call of Duty released Warzone, and I was hooked. And I had a squad. It's the only way I could talk to people over the pandemic. And I'm playing Warzone, like, oh, my God, like, every day for, like, two years straight. But I've chilled out quite a bit now. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. uh, Which I played video games myself. I played the Grand Theft Auto. I played the Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, Red Dead Redemption. (laughs) Here's the game I'd like to be on. The acting in that was just, Oh yeah, oh yeah. A uh, uh, matter of fact, which I played about about I think about eight times. Like all the way through. All the way through, yeah. Oh my God. You know, yeah. Then you get online and people just blows you up all the time. So what about I, you know, four. You played Diablo four. You into that? I have not. No. Good. Now let's see. Was I played uh, GTA five? Uh, uh, I played the Red Dead Redemption two. I played a little bit of some two uh, K. Was I play the WWE 2K23 game, and I play some other games, but uh, you know, you know, which I'm not like a big, was I like a big gamer, you know, which I just play like a few games here and there. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and have you ever done any? Well, I guess not. But uh, oh, would you like to do a movie trailer? A movie what trailer? Yeah, movie trailer. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to do it. But the thing is, like, you know. It's it's hard to get into, and you kind of have to have the voice, right? Like, my yeah. voice, I think, is a little bit more suited to, like, maybe, like, a Disney movie trailer. Because I hear the guys with, like, those big booming voices, like, in a world. where You know what I mean? Like, those, I can't do that. There's this one guy. What's his name like? I think his name, I'm going to butcher it. I'm totally going to get it wrong. I think it's, like, Brent Allen Hagel? Something, it's something like that. Anyway, this guy has the craziest voice. When he's talking, he sounds like a normal guy, just normal guy. I'm like, how does that guy do movie trailers? And he gets in front of a microphone, he puts on his trailer voice. I'm like, holy crap! Like, it's it's insane, and I I can't do that. But I mean, it'd be fun to do movie trailers, but yeah, oh, I think yeah. My, my voice would be a little bit limited for those. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, what are some of the companies that you've uh, done commercials for? Oh my God, so many! I can't remember them all. Like. See GoPro, um, Orange Theory. I've done um, Bareface Whiskey. I've done Google, Microsoft. <laughs> I've done uh, Apple. Um, man, like it's way too many to list. Honestly, like I know online I've got uh, listed as over 500 credits. That's just what my my PR agent put. It's seriously like literally over a thousand. Golly. Yeah. Oh man! I think I've done it for over just over six years now, and I work pretty much every day, sometimes multiple times a day, right? Over the course of a few years, so that's it's a lot. <laughs> so, um, okay, can you walk us through? Uh, what was I guess like your day? You know, have you got uh, multiple uh, uh, things to do that day, and what is your schedule like? Yeah, my schedule is busy, so. The first thing that I do, like, when I wake up, I usually go outside and just go for a walk. Then I come in, so, like, when I start my voiceover, I do a, a warm-up, my voice warm-up, because, you know, when I'm doing 50 to 60 auditions in a day, 
or if I'm voicing shows or if I'm voicing commercials, like my voice has got to be strong and it's got to sustain because it can get when you're talking a lot, your voice can get kind of raspy and the quality goes down the later it gets. And I like to work long, long, long days. So I'll do a simple 20 minute uh, warm up that I'll just find on YouTube for men and I'll go through that and then I'll do an articulation exercise. Then I'll do uh, 50 tongue twisters and then I'll start auditioning. I'll start auditioning. I'll probably do about 20 auditions right off the bat. And then once I'm warmed up, I'll go into any jobs that I have for that day and I'll kick those out of the way. Then I'll usually go to the gym or I'll go to boxing or kickboxing. I'll come back, do another 20 auditions. Then I got to do some marketing emails. Got to talk to my team. I have some virtual assistants that work for me. Um, sometimes I'll shoot a TikTok video to promote voiceover. And then I'll get back and I'll do like another 10, 20 auditions. That usually puts me at about mm, 8 or 9 o'clock at night. And I'm starting at about 8 or 9 in the morning. Yeah. Oh, was it? How do you keep your voice uh, in that condition? You know, because I know you do a lot of voiceovers. How do you keep your voice, you know, yeah, you, it's preventative, right? So you want to do the voice warm-ups before you start in the day. If I don't do those voice warm-ups, then I don't. I'll, uh, like, I've, I've gone through periods where I was really relaxed on it and just felt like I was good and I didn't warm up my voice for weeks at a time. And uh, it really suffered. Like, my work really suffered. I didn't book as much. I couldn't sustain it as long. So now I just, I, before I do anything, I do a voice warm-up because it's just going to make my voice better. Um, and stronger. Um, I also have this is a, a nebulizer. So this thing you like, it has um, like sea salt and a bunch of other stuff and it makes like smoke that comes out of it. And you, not actual smoke. You just breathe it in and it relaxes your vocal cords to keep them nice and fresh. How about that? All right. Um, and where can people find you on social media or maybe on the internet? Yeah. Okay. So you can Google my name, Jesse Arthur Carroll, and I'll come up. Um, but you can also find me on Instagram at Jesse Arthur Carroll, uh, same on TikTok and on YouTube. I'm Jesse Carroll Voiceovers, and you can find me on my website too, jessecarrollcoaching.com. Well, there you have it. All right, Jesse, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast to talk about the voiceover, uh, I guess business. Yeah, yeah, you know, I was I really enjoyed it, and uh, thank you for coming on. No problem. Thanks a lot, Jacob. Oh yeah. It. Uh, okay, uh, this right here uh, wraps up uh, episode number 26 of Conversations with Jacob. Tune in next week for another episode, which I think that's on September 11th. So, uh, you know, there was no time we are going to have for that one. So until then, be safe, God bless, and we'll catch you in the next episode.